If you missed the first session, it is available. You can catch that on sermon audio uh, to to see what was presented then. Uh, but just in, in in as a recap, uh, my goal in the first session was to Im- impress upon your hearts the the critical nature of this work. I wanted you to leave there feeling burdened, and not not burdened in a bad way. I, I, I don't want you to feel guilty. I'm not. I'm not here to to send anyone on a guilt trip, but I do want you to take it seriously. So if you missed that session, please take some time and um, listen to it. It will help set the foundation for what we're doing tonight. And tonight is going to be more practical. Tonight is more of the nuts and bolts and mechanics of family worship is is the title of this session. And you are... Um, in for a treat, I think. <laughs> we might all be in for a treat. I, I regularly pray for the Lord to humble me. And uh, earlier I was thinking about that and I thought, Lord, I, I do need you to humble me. I want to be a humble man. But we're going to demonstrate family worship in front of the congregation tonight with my family. And I know that now would be a really good time to teach me humility. <laughs> but show mercy, Lord. <laughs> so here's the plan. I'm going to share a bit of teaching with you about 10 to 15 minutes um, to lay out some principles. Then uh, we're going to demonstrate a bit abbreviated for time's sake because we are limited, um, but demonstrate what a, a time of family worship looks like in my home. Then I'll... I'll uh, present a few more principles, and then we'll debrief what happened up here. And there'll be, a t- there'll be some time, hopefully, to, to field some questions. If you have any questions about it, and I hope you do, um, there'll be time at that point to ask those. Okay? Are we in agreement? Okay, let me pray for us. Lord, you are good. You're mighty. You're worthy of worship. And Lord, we look forward to the day when it will be one big family worship session. And Lord, I'm thankful that when we're there, I'll look around and see these brothers and sisters. We'll hug necks, we'll cry tears of joy, and we'll sing to you. Lord, may our expressions of worship here in this building and in our living rooms Picture that and point us to that. And Lord, may we be nourished through those activities because we need your help, Lord. We need grace to keep believing and repenting. We need your help to grow and to resist temptation. We need you to protect us from the devil, his devices. And Lord, I pray especially for the heads of households here, Lord. May we be men courageous, honorable leaders willing to lay down our lives for our wives and children as Christ has laid down his life for the church. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thomas Manton said, when men have much to say in a letter and perceive that they have little paper left, they write closely. We have not a minute to waste. 
I want you to consider and remember the brevity of this life in comparison with the unfathomable length of eternity. So how ought we to spend this small bit of currency with which we've been entrusted? Is it ours to do with whatever we'd like? It is right and fitting that we do much for the Lord in the short space that we have. I want to encourage you, write closely. Charles Spurgeon prayed, O Lord, let my life be filled, packed, and crammed with holy thoughts and words and deeds to your glory. But the question we have to ask ourselves are these, which deeds are primary and to what should I give my attention? Now, we are not fond of discipline. No one wakes up in the morning saying to himself, gee, I I hope someone confronts me with the truth about how I've really messed up. No one desires that. But Brothers and sisters, we we must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We, We must remember that we need the discipline of the Lord. Our hearts need reformation. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. May the Lord make his face shine upon you And show his love and mercy to you through reproof and discipline. I pray that you would humble yourself before him and receive all chastening from his word as a good gift. There are two sins common among men that prevent them from shepherding their families as they should. Now, I know this because I have committed them myself. The first is laziness. In other words, you aren't writing closely at all to to return to Manton's illustration. You aren't filling your days with good works because you've been a sluggard. This person says there's a lion in the streets and, and comes up with all sorts of excuses to avoid getting to work and fulfilling the responsibility that the Lord has laid upon him. The second, which I suspect is more common, is that you are writing Closely, But instead of filling your days with the works which God has made clear should be primary in your life, you filled your days with those things that come more easily to you, that are more enjoyable to you, that you desire to do. You've made the secondary and the tertiary primary, and you've neglected the things of first importance. Become like Martha. I submit to you that faithfully shepherding your family through regular family worship is a duty of the first order. Oliver Haywood said this, sweep before your own doors. Act act for God within your sphere. And if you improve not on this talent, you will have a dreadful account to give, especially as their blood will be required at your hands because their sin will be charged on your neglect. The Old Testament is is full of examples of, of men who swept before their own doors and acted for God within their sphere. Consider Job, husband of one wife, father of seven sons and three daughters. He was a man of great wealth and profound devotion. We know really very little about Job 
but we do have a glimpse into his priorities, into his way of living. The scriptures testify of Job's life in chapter one, says this, his sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. The first few verses of Job are are intended to describe both Job's material and spiritual wealth. We're meant here to see Job's righteousness as as the backdrop of the tragic events that, that, that are about to unfold in his life. But look how God chose to establish Job's righteousness in his word. Job's righteousness and devotion to God are illustrated by his practice of watching for the souls of his children. Job was not only concerned about his own standing before God, but he took responsibility for his family's standing before God. As Joshua's life was nearing an end, he endeavored to impress upon the minds and hearts of all of Israel the foundation of of their very existence. So he he gathered all of the tribes together at Shechem and he spoke to them and, and listen to the words he said here. He says, put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. What I want you to take note of here is not simply the commitment of Joshua to serve the Lord himself, but but his commitment to lead his family to serve the Lord. What did Joshua mean when he said, as for me and my house? Well, he meant that his family would render worship unto, unto the one true and living God and walk in obedience to his word. Joshua was watching for the souls of his household he was not satisfied with, with simply making sure that his, his personal relationship with God was, was okay and a priority. No, he knew that he was responsible for the spiritual well-being of all those in his care. After all, what good is it if a man is dedicated to the Lord, but his wife and children walk in darkness? Now, I don't share these things with you to heap guilt upon you. That's not my goal. Rather, I want to light a fire under you. I want your heart to be moved to provide for those under your care. I want your eyes to be open to the the biblical duty and tremendous responsibility that lies before you. Also, I know that you're going to need more than inspiration. You need instruction. At least I did. In our, in our first session, I shared with you my, my personal testimony of coming to terms with my responsibility to, to shepherd my family and my neglect of that for a long time. But so, so now I want to walk you through the way in which I lead my family during our times of family worship. So if your last name is Bush, 
please make your way to the front. Take a seat in our makeshift living room up here, please. And as they come, as they come, let me, let me make a few remarks as they get settled in. One potential cause of discouragement for parents who are beginning to practice family worship daily is this issue of unmet expectations, especially when young children are involved. So please remember that your children must learn to participate in family worship. This takes time, patience, mercy, and love. It is paramount that you keep in mind that your goal is not a pristine family worship service that would look impressive to onlookers, but the well-being of the souls of your little flock. Don't let your feelings or pride get in the way of this great calling. Now, let me mention a couple of things as we get started One is, we're going to abbreviate it just a touch for time, as I mentioned. Right now, our family is in the book of Deuteronomy, but we're going to read from Psalm 53 tonight. Also, each one of you should have a a sheet of paper. I I, I made a copy of of the day that we're on today, which today is December the, what? 15th. So we turn to day 15 in our guide to family worship, and that is the one that you should have there in your hands. One of those sheets should be that. So you can follow along with us. One other thing I want to mention um, is this. My family is scared to death right now. So um, they asked me, several of them, if we could not sing. <laughs> uh, because, well, they're embarrassed, I guess you could say. But I told them that we, we are going to sing, but we'll, we won't sing all the verses today. And the reason being, it's interesting, that the question I've gotten the most from, from this group so far is, what do we do about singing? We're not sure how to sing. We don't sing very well. Well, I want us to sing because we don't sing very well. And I want to, sh- I, I just want you to see that that's okay. So, When we sing, um, afterwards tell us, say something like, that wasn't so bad. That would be helpful. So So I'm going to move into uh, dad mode, family shepherd mode. I'm not going to be addressing you at all. We're just going to focus on family worship. Afterwards, we'll debrief. And and if you have questions, please, please mark those down. All right. Hey, y'all. Okay, does everybody have their family worship guide? Yes. You got yours, buddy? Okay. Is everybody have their Bibles? Sam, you have your Bible? Okay. Well, we get to share with your mom, okay? Um, so we're going we're gonna to read from Psalm 53 tonight. So everybody open up to Psalm 53, and then we'll be in our family worship guide on day 15. So if you want to go ahead and open up there, that would be great. Psalm 53. Uh, can someone tell me who wrote many of the psalms? Anybody remember? David. You say? David. David. Yeah, good job. Excellent. And how do the psalms, oh, sorry. How do the psalms help us? What's one use of the psalms? When might be time that we would read a psalm? When you're nervous? 
That's right. Yeah, like right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good job, buddy. You're not nervous? Okay. Um, so when you're nervous, when you're afraid, whenever you, maybe whenever you want to pray and you feel like your heart wasn't there but you're not sure what words, the Psalms give us words to pray. So let's look at Psalm 53. There are six verses. We'll take turns reading. Simeon, why don't we start with you? Can you read first? We'll just go around. Oh, hold on. Let me start. Lord, we thank you for this time of family worship. Lord, we pray that you help us to understand your word and to set our hearts on you. Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for your, the kindness that you've shown us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. The, Christ 
I become your friend throughout. For it is written, is everyone who has hanged on a tree. Galatians 3 13.
start we start us out as we read it. Let's read it in a posture of prayer. Okay, as we read it, we're also praying. Simeon, we read the first line.
Lord, help them to continue to lead us faithfully. Lord, we also pray for Austin and Cheyenne and their wedding. We pray that you bless them and prepare their hearts to become men and wife. Lord, we pray for the walls. We pray that you bless their time as they visit the United States. To give them good rest and sweet, sweet time with family and friends. Lord, we, um, we also pray for the Tyreen family. We pray that you sustain Emily and Lord, help the children. We pray that you provide for them, Lord, and continue to be their comfort and their, their shield. Lord, we also pray for uh, Adam. pray that you give him clarity and wisdom about his, his the, the big decisions coming up. And Lord, we pray for Benny. We pray that you provide for, for his needs so that he, um, that he can work full-time with, with the work that I see for source. Lord, and we also pray for Sean and Emma. We pray that you comfort them, Lord. And, um, Lord, be a father. And Lord, be a husband to, to Sean. Um, help them. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. That's true. That's true. That that is normally where we transition to family meeting, and uh, we there are some chores that generally happen right after that. But we'll save those for later. I don't know if you can see, but I'm sweating a bit. Start slow. Be simple. Stick with it. I assure you that regular family worship is doable. And over a period of weeks, it will become the sweetest part of your day. Over the years, it will be what the Lord uses to awaken and call and transform the little sheep in your flock and also you yourself. As you keep plotting, make sure you keep watch over your own soul. Stay warm near the fire of the gospel and and let the spirit of mercy characterize your shepherding. Follow our Lord's example of abasement. Consider what Richard Sibbs said. Shepherds need to take heed, therefore, how they deal with young believers. Let them be careful not to pitch matters too high, making things necessary evidences of grace, which agree not to the experience of many a good Christian and laying salvation and damnation upon things that are not fit to bear so great a weight. In this way, men are needlessly cast down and may not soon be raised up again by themselves or others. The ambassadors of so gentle a Savior should not be overbearing, setting up themselves in the hearts of people where Christ alone should sit, as in his own temple. A couple of bits of counsel Um, remember shepherding your wife, your children, this sort of practice of family worship. It's not only considering the consistency and content of family worship, but it's also how you speak to them. The amount of time that you spend at their side, your affection toward them, the joy that you take in them. Be careful not to make family worship a side project and don't turn family worship into a justification for not shepherding your family consistently hour by hour. Family worship ought to be a special punctuation to the consistent care you are providing for your little flock. One other thing, 
if you are feeling overwhelmed, good. The last thing your family needs is a self-reliant shepherd who thinks he has the strength and creativity and charisma and wisdom to carry out this charge on his own. Only let those feelings of anxiety and inadequacy drive you to Christ. Do not let those feelings paralyze you and cause you to leave behind this critical responsibility. The Lord will help you. He will use your feeble efforts offered up in faith on behalf of your family to do his good work in you and in those under your care. Now would be a a perfect time to pause and see if there are any questions, any clarifications you'd like me to make, anything that you're curious about that you saw here. One thing I did want to mention is you saw towards the end Seth upside down here. He was looking for his pen. I'm glad that happened because that's a lot more characteristic of, of what usually goes on there. I was surprised. He was very well-mannered for most of it. But he's a, he's a little boy. He's active. He's, he's, his mind goes to different things. One of the things that we do to help with that is he, he gets a writing utensil to use, and he has his own family worship guide. Now, I'm going I'm to show you this because it's important to see. If you look through this book, it is a masterpiece. Not only has the dog chewed on the edge of it, but it every page, I'm talking every, every page you turn to is filled with his doodles. Now, this is good. I want him engaged in something that keeps him from running around. And he's engaged in the same thing that we're using. Now, I understand he's not catching it all for sure. But he's learning that we use this book for family worship. He also has a little Bible that he he uses as well. And little by little, he's learning to participate. You heard him answer a few catechism questions that I threw at him. Um, It's a process. Patience, mercy, love takes time. The other thing you'll notice is if you looked at these books, they all have a name on the back. You can see it says Seth there. We also have, always have with us a couple books that say guest on the back. Uh, we love for people to join us in family worship. In fact, when people come, we try to make it a point to practice. In, in, in fact, a few of you in here have, have participated with us. We, we make it a point to do that. And even if it's someone who's maybe not very, maybe not a very strong Christian or maybe not even a Christian at all, um, we'll mention to them, hey, we're going to have family worship in a few minutes. Maybe we just finish dinner. And uh, we'd, we'd love for you to join if you'd like to. And we just move ahead with it, and they always stay. Does anybody have a question that they'd like to ask? Okay, they're in the back. Do you have any more of those books? Yes, I've got a lot of them. Yes, I do. Yeah. Good question. You're right. Yes, sir. Yeah, and in fact, in our next session, I'll, I'm going to deal with that extensively, working with littles and helping littles to participate. But I'll, I'll just I'll mention a couple of things now. Um, what we just did, I didn't time it. It was a bit shorter than what we normally do. That's too long if you're just starting out, and, and for littles especially. It's hard for them to focus. So the issue of 
unmet expectations is a very real one for family worship, especially when you have littles. So start, move, get really close to the goalpost. You know, make it an extra point. Don't try to kick a 50-yard field goal the first, the first week in family worship. So I would suggest um, with your little, with Mordecai or a, a small child, um, with the, the best you can, pray with them, help them to see, read a short passage of Scripture, and sing one stanza. Amazing Grace or maybe Jesus Loves Me, something that they might even know. Keep it three, four minutes and then slowly build up. But you're still going to have those times as it, where it gets – you might have to throw in the towel. There's been a couple times where we've had to stop family worship in order to administer some loving pow-pows, which we call, spank, we call spankings in our – so we call spankings in our house. But it happens. That's, that's just a part of it. Um, yeah, but good question. There'll be a, there's several str- – Practical strategies that I'll help with that. Yes, sir. So uh, my context is a little different. Yep. But um, probably no spankings in your context. (laughs) 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 So how would you suggest, uh, I guess, coming to a stop? Like conversation is good. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. You you may not have the opportunity. In. However, you still need to get up and go to work the next day. Yeah. Like, how, how do you, how, I guess, advise? It, how do you end a time of family worship? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it probably depends on exactly what sort of. Um, yeah, it's a good conversation. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just have to, you have to assess whether this is worth continuing and losing sleep over. But, um, the way we do it, it's, it's pretty programmed in terms of we, we work our way through the book. We end with, with uh, um, the, the prayer requests. Sometimes there are questions that come up, and we'll go longer, and we'll talk about, about those as a family. Your context is a little different, so there, I could see some longer conversations happening. But um, if you need to go to bed, I'd say, I would say, hey, let's put a pin in this and, and pick up tomorrow. i got to go to sleep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Great question. Yeah. Excellent question. Thank you. Uh, so it, um, it's, it's perfectly. So in general, the head of the household, the father, if the um, should be the leader, the spiritual leader of the home and should generally be leading. That doesn't mean they has to do everything. That doesn't mean that he he has to do all the reading, all the singing, all the praying. Not not by any means. Um, but he is the general leader of that, that the, the home. So he should be the one saying, let's get together for family worship. In fact, whenever I neglect it and my wife has to say, hey, are we going to do family worship? I, I feel a great shame, as I should. Um, so the, the, the father should, but sometimes, sometimes we're not there. Working late, I travel. Um, so what, Amanda led it for a long time when I was gone, but now my son Samuel, who is uh, born again, he's shown fruit, he's been baptized, um, he, he leads it now. And before I leave on a trip, I sit him down and say, all right, Samuel, you are the man of the house. And a big part of that is family worship. You need to call the family together to do family worship each night. You don't have to do the whole thing, and you can help ask others to help you with it, but you need to step up and lead it. So that, that's what I do. Um, and in fact, if I weren't traveling, I think that'd probably be good anyway to teach my son and my sons to begin to take, spirit, take, take spiritual leadership to prepare them for, for when they, they will do that one day. Excellent question. Another question? Yes. I'd like to make a comment that my, my pastor's wife pointed out to me this week that if my son's old enough to lead family worship, she can also make my 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I saw you, you touched on it in family worship. Yes. Is there another time of your day that you're devoted to that? Yeah, so my style and philosophy of family worship is I put the memorizing part um, at a lower priority. Um, we do work on memorization, but we don't spend focus time in family worship really drilling for memorization. The reason, and I might shift on that over time, that's not... Uh, that, that's just my personal philosophy. The reason I, that's my philosophy is because I, I, I don't want family worship to turn into to a, a, like a class, like a, you know, something that they dread because I'm drilling them on if they've memorized their things or not. I want their hearts to be um, more in a posture of, of um, thinking about how uh, worshiping the Lord, I guess you could say. Not that you can't worship through, through memorization, but... Um, we don't do that a lot in family worship. We do do it outside of family worship some, especially with the littles. I have a routine with the littles um, many nights, not every night, um, but Simeon and Seth sleep in bunk beds, same room. Um, we go in, we do prayer, songs, and questions. So I'll sing a few hymns with them. We'll work through the catechism questions. They both could, um, they both are about up to 25 or 30 in this catechism here. This is the catechism for boys and girls. It's an old catechism. It's a faithful catechism. There are lots of others. I chose this one because it's suitable for young, for young ones. That's why I chose it to, to use in this, in this guide to family worship. So that, that's how I approach that. Thank you. That's a very good question. Thank you very much. Someone else have another? Yes, yes sir. Uh, how would you table your approach if it was just you and your wife? Yeah. 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 So um, as you minister to your family, you're, you're responding to their needs and their moods and where they are in their understanding of the gospel. So, yeah, it, it, with every person, new person that comes or goes, it does change for sure. Um, if it were just my wife and I, I this this would this would work great for just my wife and I. That's probably what I would use as my baseline um, because of the convenience of it. And again, let me, I think I said this last time, but let me reemphasize family worship. Um, it's, it's not about the kids. It's not, it's not about the, the spouse. It's not about the wife. It's not about the husband. It's, it's about, it's about God. So we don't want to tailor things toward a certain group or a certain person in. So family worship is, it's not the time to pull out, you know, the book, 12 things every teenager needs to know to, to, to whatever, um, because then it becomes about teenagers. Um, so we all need this. Uh, I need family worship. I need it. My kids need it. My wife need it. But I need it too. So um, it's for everybody. I hope that kind of answered your question. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. In the back. Yes. Sir. Uh, my son's two. So he tried to teach me how to pray sometimes a little bit himself. He'll pray for the family. Then he'll throw in. Thank you for the baseball. Thank you for the, for the what? Baseball. Okay. So Excellent. Grow out of? I mean, I, you know, I think the Lord, <laughs> I haven't grown out of it. Yeah, I, you know, I pray for the Razorbacks on a regular basis. Um, not, not really, but, but I do think, no, that, that's a good question. I'm not trying to make fun of you, but 
that's a wonderful thing, I think, for children to pray for. Whatever's on our hearts, that's what, that's what we should, uh, I mean, the, the scriptures tell us to pour our hearts out to God. So w- whatever we're thankful for in that moment or whatever we're worried about, I think we should encourage our children to express those things. Now, if it's something that's inherently sinful, then there, then there might need to be some correction. But um, giving thanks for a baseball game, I think, should be, I think that should be encouraged if that's something that he enjoys and that he is thankful for. Um, so, yeah, praise the Lord that you're teaching your two-year-old to, to pray. That's a wonderful thing. And, and that's, another, that's actually another question I get. Should I, should I allow my little children who don't understand the gospel to pray? There might be different views on that. I, I don't want to. Um, I, I do want to be careful. But my, my personal view is that um, we should allow them to pray. If they have a desire to bring requests to the Lord and they've seen that in their parents, that we should not snuff that out. Obviously. We don't assume they're a Christian if our, if our two-year-old prays. That's not, that's not what we do. But um, if their heart's tender to the Lord, we ought not to seek to harden it. Anybody else have a question? We're almost out of time. Maybe one more if someone has one that they really like, would like to ask. Yes, Eric. I'm going to overlap Delana. So you being a very busy man, busy schedule, what advice would you give to Yeah. Yeah. I think both are important and and we do both. So our general routine rhythm of life, I guess you could say, is we do family worship in the evening. Uh, Morning just really doesn't work for us very well. But in the morning, that works better for my wife and I because we usually get up before the kids having coffee. We're sitting there together talking and we'll spend time uh, reading from the scriptures or we've got a book called The Godly Marriage by Richard Baxter that we've been kind of working through together. So I think both are good. However, I'd say if you had to choose between one or the other, I, I think that um, having the whole family together to worship together would be the priority there. But um, if, if you don't have time for this, and that's another question I've, I've gotten, what if we don't have time for this? Well, if you don't have time, then my suggestion would be to reevaluate, um, re- reevaluate your priorities and, and where, you're, where all of your time is going. There has to be time for this. There has to be time to lead your family spiritually. Yes, last hand for my wife. The illustration I use is a lattice. If you're a gardener or put flowers up, um, or I'm sorry, a trellis. A trellis is this 
kind of shaped like this. You put it up against a wall or a fence so that a rose or some sort of vine can climb up it. Now that vine is not going to go any higher than that trellis is. So in our family worship and in our, as we teach our children, not that we want to confuse them, but we want to give them somewhere to climb up to. So we don't um, shy away from using hymns and confession and, and those sorts of things. Now, they get it wrong sometimes. I was sharing it last week with someone that for a long time, Seth only wanted to sing Rock of Ages. That was his song, Rock of Ages. The reason is because he thought I was saying Rocket Ages. <laughs> he wanted to sing the Rocket song over and over. He, he, knows, he knows now and he still likes the song, but they grow into these truths. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for the time that you've given us to consider this important aspect of our lives. Lord, we were made to worship. If we, Lord, if we do nothing else today but worship you, then we've done the most important thing. Lord, help us to see the priority that this should be in our lives, personal devotion, family worship, gathering together as a body. Lord, we're preparing for eternity. Thank you. Thank you for what Christ has done for us, for his shed blood so that, we, so that we might worship you in spirit and in truth as your children. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you.